The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you lift your Bible up, cell phone, whatever you're reading from. Uh, uh, iPhone's a little higher. <laughs> Samsung's a little lower. Amen. And uh, who are we? Just forget it. Just forget it. Shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today. I'll learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right, you ready? Let's go to Romans chapter number 12, verse 2. Romans chapter number 12, verse number 2. Uh, we, we're talking today about how you and I can manifest abundance, how we can manifest the abundance that Jesus uh, already paid for. Uh, you know, for many, many years, I, I was in the church. I got born again in 2002, and I was in, in the church. I mean, I was diligent. I'd attend church every single opportunity I got, at least 52 times in a year, uh, you know, as far as I, I remember. And uh, you know, I struggled. I mean, we, we struggled, and, and uh, yet the Bible had so many promises. I mean, the sermons that I listened to, so many things were said about how God wants us to live a life of victory. You know, God wants us in abundance, and so on and so forth, but I never saw uh, any of it, and so I was concerned. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I went to the Lord, and I said, man, I, you know, am I doing something wrong? What should I be doing uh, to, to see uh, your abundance in my life, to see victory in my life. I mean, I was getting defeated. I was, oh man, I was getting slapped up right side the head. I was getting beat up. You know, my life was kicking my backside. And, uh, you know, until I found out about, you know, what I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. And uh, I turned life around and it's been my turn to kick life in the backside. And I've been doing this for at least the past 10 years. Amen. And I'm telling you, it is so sweet. We sing a song about that. It is so sweet. It's sweet when you're kicking life's behind. Amen. And so it says in Romans 12 verse 2, I believe this is the most important scripture uh, that any New Testament believer uh, should become aware of. I believe Romans chapter number 12 verse 2 uh, is the most important thing that we get to do as born again Christians. And I'm going to explain why. It says in verse 2 here, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, you can put an S-O uh, there between mind and that, just so it can pop out at you. You get more meaning from that. It says, so that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so uh, I call it the gap, you know, the, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I like to use that acronym to remember that the will of God is always good. 
is always acceptable and it's always perfect over your life. Amen. God's plan for you and I is always going to be good. Amen. Which means poverty is not God's will for any of his children. Sickness is not God's will for any of his children because uh, it is not good. But I like what he says here. The Apostle Paul, he says, uh, so that you may prove, that word prove means to manifest. He's talking about manifesting what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so God is calling us to a place where we can manifest these things and not just talk about them. Can I get an amen? You know, it's, it's, you, you, it's, it's awesome to start there. You and I could talk about it. But the ultimate uh, place that God wants you and I to be is a place where we leave them out. This is why the scripture that, you know, Brother Q read earlier on, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. God wants you to taste with your own palate. Amen. They say the, the you, you know the pudding is great when you what? It says something like that, you know, the idiom, right? It says, uh, 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 you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I got to eat the pudding to know that it's good. Amen. They say, they say something like that. And that's what the Lord wants for you and I. He wants us to taste and see. Someone say taste, taste. and see. God wants you to experience it. He doesn't want you to just come to church. I did it. It wasn't nice. Seven years, I was in the church, going to church. We, I went to every prayer meeting, went to conferences, and life was kicking my backside, whipping my head. It wasn't nice. I mean, my struggles had struggles on them. Amen? And yet, there is a way out for a born-again Christian. What is that way out where we can manifest their good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? It is this. Number one, uh, in verse two, part A, it says, do not be conformed to this world. Uh, that word conform means to be poured into a system of thinking. And so what, the first thing you must do when we, uh, uh, my wife and I, when we had our first uh, a child, Munesu, we went for antenatal classes and they were teaching us how to look after a baby and they taught us how to change a diaper. And the, 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 the first thing they taught us in changing a diaper was you need to get rid of the old one. Ooh, that's powerful. They said you got to get rid of the old one. And essentially, that's what the Apostle Paul is doing. He's trying to get rid of the old system of thinking before he brings in a new system of thinking. He says, get rid of the old dirty diaper traditions of men that have entered, you know, the church that make the gospel of none effect. He says, do not be conformed to the world system. Don't do it. Get rid of the dirty diaper. In other words, you need to unlearn some things before you learn some things. And so when you got born again, you were transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And when you came right into this kingdom, there's a new system in town. And so if you don't get acquainted with this new system in town, you could be in town getting beat up. You know, when, when I travel, you know, uh, we always travel. And uh, when we travel to Los Angeles in particular, they are friends of ours there, um, uh, Karim and Mignonette, and, and their mother-in-law, Mignonette's mom-in-law, Karim's mom, uh, uh, Dr. Auntie Pat, we call her Auntie Pat Bailey. She, she has a barrage of cars and nice cars. She blesses us with a car to use. The one time we went, she gave us a little nice drop top. Oh, man, beautiful thing. You drive the streets of Los Angeles. Oh, man, it makes you want to play a soundtrack to it. <laughs> awesome. Amen. Gives us the car on one condition. 
drive on the right side of the road. Now I could be stubborn and say, hey, listen, where I come from, we don't drive on the right. I'm going to drive on the what? On the left side. Because that's what we do where we come from, and I'm going to stick with my ways. And what would happen to me? I mean, I may be able to get away with it for a few days, maybe a few hours, maybe a few. But, but man, you know, you can tell me that something is going to get you. And essentially, that's what happens when we're transitioning from the kingdom of darkness into God's kingdom. You can't just bring all kind of junk that you were doing in the world with you into the kingdom. There's a new system that you and I have to get acquainted with. For example, in the world system, for you to get prosperous, they used to say, man, you've got to get all you can, uh, backstab, kill if you have to, get rich or die trying, right? But when you come over here in the kingdom of God, there's a way to get rich and it is to give it a Way and it will come back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And so when you come into the kingdom of God, you have to learn the kingdom ways. Over there in the world system, they used to say for you to navigate relationships, you have to read the uh, 30 laws of power so you can learn how to manipulate systems and manipulate people. Over here in the kingdom of God, it says you don't manipulate people, you love them as you love yourself. Can I get an amen? And so if you bring this system over here off the world into the kingdom of God, you may be able to get away with it once or twice, but we can assure you something is coming at you. Can I get an amen? Man, I'm telling you, we have to, we have to not be conformed to the patterns of this world. But do what? But be ye transformed. That word transformed or, or transformation is, is the Greek word metamorpho, which means be radically changed. It's talking about a radical change of form. It's a powerful thing. You know, and the analogy we use is that of a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. I mean, think about it. When you look at a caterpillar and a butterfly, there's the, the zero similarities. The other creature is, is in the dirt, crawling in the dirt. It's actually blind. A caterpillar is known to be blind, and it carries with it blinding chemicals that if you play around with it as a human being in the wrong way, it comes into you. I mean, it will get you blind. And so we, we look at a caterpillar over here crawling in the dirt, eating in the dirt, and we look at the transformation after the metamorphosis has finished its process. You look at a butterfly, a beautiful creature. It doesn't eat from the dirt. It's, it eats from flower petals. Not only that, it's got a, a vision, a sight, a vision that's 1,500 better than that of a human being. What happened? There was a radical change of form, and the Apostle Paul is promising every single believer that there is a radical change of form that's available for you that once it's finished taking its effect your new life will look nothing like your past life you will go through the fire and come out smelling like a rose amen you go through it and come out and look different people will swear you were never poor before People will swear you, you, you never went through a divorce. But this transformation, I'm so glad that he didn't leave this to our imagination for us to figure out how this transformation comes. As awesome as it is, I mean, he, he didn't leave it to, for, for you to figure out how it's going to come. Because, I mean, somebody would have started, you know, uh, selling transformation uh, oil or transformation conference. Or, he tells us how this transformation comes. And what does it say? It comes by the what? I didn't hear that. The what? 
says this transformation comes by changing the way you think. No, we don't like that. Typically, in a church setting, we don't like that because we, we like to relate with feelings. We, we like feelings. And for many, many years, you know, I went to church and we related around getting an emotional frenzy, try to get a goosebump, try to get a, 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 you know, a you know, butterfly in the stomach, try to get something. And I would go to church earnestly, to, you know, for the slow songs and I would get dizzy. Ooh, the Holy Ghost. Ooh, I might just get transformed. Ooh. And, 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 and if I was doing really well cooking with the grease, man, I would, I would expect for some of that stuff that, that I see patronage thinking that I can just be a part of that elite group of the church and it will fall on me. It's called patronage Christianity. And a lot of Christians live on the level of patronage Christianity. That's why you walk around people. Man, I get around people and I talk to people and that's why I know these things. People are trying to impress me about who they know all the time. Come to my office and say, do you know prophet such and such? Man, I know Jesus. Leave me alone. But it's Christianity through patronage. They think if they know prophet such and such, it's going to fall on them. No, it doesn't fall on you like ripe mangoes falling off a tree if you are not intentional about changing the way you think. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And so we, we, we've got to change the way we think. This is so powerful. When Jesus walked on the earth, this was the first sermon he ever preached. When Jesus walked on the earth, he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That word repent is the Greek word metanoia, which means change the way you think. And so I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that as you come to church, you know, we, we're going to sing the fast songs, enjoy them. We're going to get into the slow ones, use them to worship. But while you edit, you, you might get a goosebump here and there. That's awesome. But while you edit, make sure that you're also getting your mind activated. This is the reason why we have to get up and teach the word. This is why the, the reason why I have to get up and give information. Here at Faith Through Church, we don't measure in games and entertainment and, you know, gymnastics. We just give out information. What is the purpose of that information? It is to change the way you think so you can have a new path to run on and bring your life to transformation. Man, I remember uh, 15 years ago when they ordained me into the ministry, I didn't realize uh, what it meant. This is why someone asked me, they said, you know, would you like your children to be in the ministry? I said, no. You know, I have two little girls. I don't want them in the ministry. And the reason I don't want them in the ministry is because they, there's, a, there's a responsibility that comes with it. It's not games. Serious stuff. I remember the first week, Q, they ordained me. I'm feeling good about myself. Finally, who? I'm a pastor. The erudite, scholarly. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, as a pastor, I got a call from this couple. They called me and said, hey, Pastor, I'm a young pastor. I'm fiery. You know, I'm in my 20s. I said, Pastor, would like to talk to you, you know, and, and see if you can pray for us. And so I walk in. <laughs> pastor is here. Yeah. Praise the Lord. They start talking to me, start telling me what was happening in their relationship, started telling me what was uh, uh, happening in their lives. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, how crazy 
is this and they're dumping on me how many they're dumping on me the husband the husband is running around with that one that one and the other and the wife's running around with that one that one and the other and it's all craziness the kids are on drugs and they're putting that on me i'm a 20 some year old pastor i remember leaving that house i was driving a little you know a, a truck a little bucky i went and i parked on the road side, side of the road started crying i was crying just crying i couldn't believe how messed up things could be and so the goal of, of ministry, the goal of pastoring, is to bring people to a place of transformation. Amen. It is to give them information so that their lives can be transformed. Can I get an amen? amen. And so Jesus preached this. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Kingdom of God is at hand. And so I said earlier on in Romans, reading Romans 12, uh, verse 2, that this is the most important uh, scripture for any New Testament believer. Why did I say that? I said that because of this. Let's go now to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse 23. This is the reason why I said what I said. 1 Thessalonians Chapter number five, verse twenty-three. Today we're gonna we're gonna uh, through scripture show you why uh, uh, if you have not been getting any results in your life, why that hasn't happened, and how you can fix that. You can start living a life of results. God wants you and I to live a life of fruit. He's interested in fruit more than uh, our talk. You know, God is not as much interested in our you know religious uh, uh, spiritual jargon as He is our our spiritual fruit. God wants you and I to live fruitful lives. Amen? That's why Jesus died on the cross. It is so that we can be fruitful. He said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so God wants you and I to preach all the time and where necessary use words. He wants us to preach all the time and only when necessary, use words. So how should we be preaching? Our lifestyle? Our fruit? Man, someone should, should, should look at you and say, man, there's enough evidence. If, 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 if they were arresting Christians, there should be enough evidence in your life to be convicted. Yeah. Amen. Okay, all right, moving right along. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 he says this, the Apostle Paul is praying for the church at, praying for the church at Thessalonica. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's talking about uh, you and I, and he's praying for the church, and he's talking about the makeup of a, of a human being, if you will. Uh, the real you is a spirit. That's, that's the real you. And you possess a soul, and you live in a body. Now I'm going to show you how this is powerful. The real you, this is you. This is, this is, this is the real person. That's you, right? You are a spirit, you possess a soul, and in your soul, this is where your mind, your will, your power to choose, right? And your emotions reside. You know, remember what I said? I said this is the most important scripture you'll ever read in your, in, in your life, uh, Romans 12, verse 2, because it talks about what you begin to do from the day that you get born again. Why? Because, uh, uh, you know, Romans, Second uh, Corinthians, actually, 5, 17, it says, if any man is in Christ, he's a what? 
new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become what? Brand new. Now, whenever you read scriptures, you must always check to see whether he's talking to your body, to your soul, or to your spirit. If you take what is talking to your, what is addressing your spirit and apply it to your body, you're not going to get any benefit out of it. You know, I just uh, rehearsed 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man being Christ is a new creature, all things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. We know by process of elimination that he was not talking to the body. Why? Because if you were bold before you got saved, guess what? You're still going to be bold after you get saved. If you had false teeth before you got saved, you're still going to have false teeth after you get saved. So he was not talking to your body by process of elimination. We also know that he's not talking to your soul because if you were dumb, before you got saved, guess what? You still go. This is why we have dumb Christians. Can I get an amen? But you can change that through mind renewal. If you are emotionally unstable before you got born again, hallelujah. If you don't get the word in there to fix it. Man, we've got emotionally unstable Christians. What's up with that? I'll tell you what's up with this. The new creature was here. Your spirit became brand new, but you still got to work on these two. Oh, we got work to do. Hunch and Evan say there's still some work to be done. There's still... And so Galatians chapter number 5 verse 17, it says this. It says that your body wages war or your flesh wages war against the spirit and the spirit wages war against the body. And so what happens is your spirit gets born again. Your spirit gets loaded with all these good things that pertain to life and godliness. Your spirit gets the fruit of the spirit, patience, long-suffering, self-control, and so on and so forth. But your body doesn't know it. You know why? Because your body can only relate to what it relates to based on the five senses. And so while your spirit is saying, hey, listen, we have patience. Your body or the carnal realm, the sense realm, is saying, man, you can't talk to me like that. And so your spirit is saying we have patience. Your body is saying you can't talk to me like that. And the question is who wins? Ephesians 1.3. Your spirit is saying I'm blessed. With all spiritual blessings. Where? In heavenly places. Your body is saying I'm going to go check with my FMB account to see if that's true. <clears throat> Why? Because your body can only relate to what it can see, smell, taste, and hear, and touch. So your body wants to validate everything in the sense realm, and your spirit wants to validate everything with the word of God. And the question is, who wins? I'll tell you who wins. Whoever the mind votes for. So your mind casts the deciding vote. If your mind is filled with the word of God and goes with the spirit, guess what? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
If your mind votes for the body, after all, this is how we feel. If your mind votes for the body, guess what? Even though everything is in your spirit, if your spirit is outnumbered, you cannot manifest it. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I remember when I turned 32, you know, my spirit uh, uh, informed me of a very piece, very important piece of information that, you know, I needed at the time. Before 32, you know, I could eat anything I wanted and my metabolism would burn it just right through the body and boom, gone. I turned 32 and changed a little bit. Needed to pay attention to everything that I eat. And so I had a little problem you know, uh, uh, that I needed to work on, and my problem was dessert. I like dessert. I like sweet stuff, sugary stuff. And so, I, I, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, it was causing all kinds of problems in my body, right? And my spirit was telling me, man, we need to stay away from sugar. We need to stay away from sugar. And so I needed to get my mind uh, in agreement with my spirit. And it was a tough thing, man. If you live, you have to have a controlled mind because this is the decision center. This is where everything happens. So I went to Durban. We had a conference in Durban. As I went to Durban, uh, Pastor Dan put me in a hotel uh, in Durban. We had a, about four days. We were planting the church there and we would go and do worship things there and so on and so forth. And so I'm in the hotel and I look outside and Pastor Dan pointed out to me. He said, you see, Pastor T, your, your favorite store is in town. And I, right from, from where I was, looking down, I could see and I could read it. I could read it clearly. It said Krispy Kreme Donuts. <laughs> I could see it. And so he left me in my hotel room. I checked in. I sat around for a bit. And then, you know, a little, maybe two hours later, I decided, you know, I'm, I'm just going to take a walk, scope the land. I'm, let me pass through Krispy Kreme. I'm not going to buy anything. I'm just looking. <laughs> So I went to Krispy Kreme, and I got there, and uh, the donuts started talking to me. <laughs> Tafara! <laughs> Welcome to Krispy Kreme. And so I went there, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to buy one. You know, the one with the sprinkles on top, different colors, and, you know, I'm just going to buy one. And uh, I saw the other one with icing. I said, let me just get two. And then the other one is glazing. It's called the glazed donut. I said, Psh, let me get three. And, and, you know, I'm not going to eat all of them at once. I mean, you got to have some sense. <laughs> and then the lady who was helping me, she said, uh, uh, actually, if you buy three, we'll put in three for free. <laughs> and so I said, ooh, look at here. <laughs> And so, and so my body is saying, right on. My body is saying, right on, bro. My spirit is saying, you don't want to do that. My mind is saying, it's just too long. <laughs> and this is what my mind said. True story. This is what my mind said. I said, your wife is not going to find out. <laughs> it says, no one will know. It's just two donuts. Them people at the church, they're not going to know. It's just two donuts. And so I took the donuts and uh, took six of them, and I'm walking outside. And, and, and I, had to do my, I told my mind, you know, you got to spiritualize everything. Yeah, we've got six donuts, six problems in our hands. I said, you know what? 
if I bump into someone on this road between here and the hotel, and spirit, if you impress upon my heart, I'm going to sow these donuts into their life. Hallelujah. And so I walked all the way from Krispy Kreme. I didn't see anyone. The spirit didn't speak, nothing. I, just, I took them to the room and ate one. Man, I went to, to wash and I came back. It was as if I had amnesia. Who put these donuts here? It was like, it's the first time I'm seeing these donuts. And man, before the, the, the night was over with, I had eaten four of them. At one go. What happened? What happened? I'll show you what happened. An uncontrolled soulish realm, an uncontrolled mind, will, and emotions led me to go with the sense realm. What was the sense realm? Just like in the Garden of Eden, it's desirable to the eyes. It's appealing to the, and desirable for food. Now, you were laughing at me for, for, for donuts, there's some people that are being defeated in life with much bigger things that have bigger consequences. I mean, sin is sin, but the consequences differ. Uncontrolled emotions, I mean, they go into traffic, and then the, someone cuts them in traffic, and their body, their sense realm tells them, nobody talks to you, nobody cuts you in traffic. Do they, do they know who they are? And they go back and open that cabbie hole and pull out a gun and shoots everybody. Uncontrolled mind will vote for the body in that situation, in the area of relationship. In the area of sex, uncontrolled mind. Oh, I'm just going to move in. We're just going to move in. You know, the donuts, nobody will find find out. That's what they're saying. Nobody will find out. And they move in, and we got kids uh, that are born out of wedlock. We got all kinds of drama. That come. What happened? What happened? It all started as a thought. Oh, you see, you see the amens. You see the amens are dying. <laughs> see, it started as a thought. It started as a thought. You know, when I visit my in-laws, I like sada. You know, I like pop, and especially when you make it with that beef stew and you mix it with vegetables, the stew, you just make it and, oof, hallelujah. It's just a spiritual experience. It's awesome. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, so when I visit my in-laws, they know that. My mother-in-law in particular, she knows I like pop and I like, and, uh, and, and you know, in the African culture, you, you feed the man, right? When you feed the man, you, you feed the man. You don't, you feed them for real. And so she knows that, and so every time I, we go visit her, she makes uh, 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 pop and, and, and this stew. And, 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 and what I learned was to send my wife to the kitchen before the food comes to the table. Because when she serves, I mean, she serves the whole, the whole thing. The whole pot is in your plate. <laughs> and so now once the whole pop thing is in front of me, I'm going to eat most of it, I'll be honest with you. And so now, instead of waiting until it comes here to make a decision, I ask my wife to go into the kitchen and throw away 80% of it before I see it. Now, now, some of you are waiting to make a decision when the girl is right there in front of you and she's already half-dressed. I oh, see, 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 then I see. See, see, they, they, they're not saying amen anymore. See. 
say, say you, you, you're waiting, you should, send, you should send the people, thoughts should be killed before they even come right in front of you. And so it is with thoughts of poverty. So it is with thoughts of anxiety. Why? why? I mean, if you're struggling with anxiety, why do you open your heart up to disturbing news that's just going to throw you into a spiral, a crazy web of emotions and just, and just discourage you? Yep. And make you feel sad. Can I get an Amen. And so you've got you've to take care of this thing. Now, let me give you some, some things to write down. Let me give you some things to write down uh, that I think, you know, are really going to help you. This is, this is very important when it comes to your, to your thought life, right? Let me, let me. The battle of your mind is unavoidable. It is an unavoidable battle. Because these two are always fighting, right? And so there's going to be a battle in there going on in your mind. It's an unavoidable battle. And everyone engages in this battle whether, whether you like it or not. And we're going to fight this battle for the rest of our days. And if you want to win this battle, you need to have ammunition and you need to be armed in God's word. You know, when Satan came to try and tempt Jesus, he came with a thought. He said, did God say? He came with a thought. He says, if you turn these uh, stones into bread, he says, if you worship me, I'm going to give you this and that and the other. It was a thought in Jesus' head. How did Jesus reply? It is written. Now, if you don't know what's written, you won't be able to counter these thoughts. And this is the reason why someone has to get up and preach on a Sunday morning. It is not to give you inspiration. <laughs> is, well, if you can get some inspiration out of it, praise the Lord. But the ultimate goal is to give you information. Because Amen. Amen. when the battle starts raging, what you need is these three words. It is written and you better know what's written. Amen. Amen. Can I get an Amen. amen. You better know what's written because that's the only ammunition you have against the devil. Now, number two, if you write in down notes, our diligence to maintain our thought life will directly determine the quality of our lives. You've got to be diligent to maintain your thought life. You've got to be diligent. Man, there's some things that I just don't get myself involved with. I don't like discouraging news. And so guess what? I don't read news. I don't go looking out for news of what's breaking. Because everything is breaking. What's not working out? I don't go look for it. If I need it, someone will tell it to me. Amen? And so you've got to set a perimeter around your heart and not just allow all kinds of junk to be planted in your heart. Brothers and sisters, this is the highest spiritual battle you and I will ever have to fight. It is the battle of the mind. This is the highest level. If you look at the Garden of Eden, when uh, the devil went to tempt uh, uh, Eve, he, he didn't go as, a, as an elephant. He went as a snake. Why? Because it was the most subtle or sneaky animal known at the time. And when he went to Eve, he didn't go and, 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 and 
you know, put a snake bite on, strike Eve on the leg and get them some poison uh, in her when she falls down and she, she doesn't have any strength of just force the fruit on her mouth. He didn't, she, he didn't do that. You know what he did? He went and dropped a thought. The highest level of spiritual battle you'll ever fight will happen in your mind. And if you are not diligent about fighting bet, you you lose that battle all the time. He went and said, did God say? Whenever you hear that and you start questioning what God said, man, you are about to lose that battle. Can I get an amen? Amen. So the highest level, someone say highest level. Highest level of, of spiritual warfare takes place in between your ears. The Bible calls them the wiles of the devil. You know, the enemy is sneaky. And he will come with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And if you and I, we have to have our guard up. The Bible calls it fighting the good fight of what? Of faith. What it is, is is being selective about the thoughts that you entertain. Man, there are certain thoughts... I was just not entertained. I ain't got time for that. I just don't have any time for it. I just don't have any time for it. Because I know, you know, once you get on that path, man, there's no telling where where you're going to end. So I just don't have time for for those thoughts. And and here, brothers and sisters, I have to say, you know, the Lord gave me this uh, yesterday in in winning the battle of life and and, and growing in promotion and things of that nature. He says this to me. He said, this is why our identity should be based on who Jesus says we are and not some sort of outside affirmation. Your thought life is not based on uh, some sort of outside affirmation. You, you don't build, uh, you, you know, your, your thinking system around what people say, what, what people's estimation of you is. You build it based on who you are in your spirit. It doesn't matter who they, man, people are going to talk. People are going to say, you know, they, they're going to give you nice compliments, but they're also going to give you bad ones. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. The nice ones shouldn't uh, affect you just like the bad ones. Amen? Amen. If, you, if you're waiting, now this is good, if you're waiting for your spouse to affirm you so you can feel good about yourself, man, you're on the wrong trajectory. Can I get an amen? amen. Jesus has already affirmed you. Amen. Someone shout, I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Amen. I know words of affirmation are nice, but, but, but you don't leave, just like compliments. I mean, everywhere I go, uh, Q, everywhere I go, you know, I, I preach a sermon just like I preach this one. You know, I preach a sermon, and not at, at, at least, you know, yeah, you're kind of used to these messages, so nobody complimenting me, praise the Lord. But, but I go, I preach a sermon, I preach, I preach a sermon like this, man, over there, overseas, there's a long queue of people saying, man, this is the best sermon I ever, I know they're lying. <laughs> they're just trying to you know it's the greatest sermon i ever heard in my life i'm like come on man give me a break <laughs> now the problem with some people is it's the greatest sermon i ever heard in my life oh yeah hallelujah raise the lord i know i'm awesome 
Your affirmation is coming from the wrong place. Can I get an amen? amen. You can't be waiting for some outside thing uh, to happen for it to affirm you. If you do, you become a liability in life. Man, you will cause yourself problems, but you will also cause all of us problems. Because now you expect us to comment on every little thing, every little thing. You know, I went to church. Them, them ladies at church didn't say my hairstyle was nice. I them, them haters, them haters. I went to church. I had a new bag. I had a new bag at church, and no one said anything. I'm not going back to that church ever again. Nice shoes. Nobody said nothing. Well, Jesus saw them, and he thinks they're cute. That's why he let you out of the house wearing them. Amen. But here's the truth, guys is that our thought life will determine the quality of our lives. And we need to get our thoughts to align with what he says in his word. We're going to read this scripture and we'll be done. Let's go to Romans chapter number 8, verse 6. Romans chapter number 8, verse 6. We're going to try and come up with, a, with an equation because I know you guys, um, you know, studied math and simple math, you know, and, and you can help me come up with the two equations here for, for what he's saying in Romans chapter number 8, uh, verse 6. Watch what he says. He says, for to be carnally minded is what? Yes. And he's talking to Christians. And he says, to be carnally minded will produce death. Now, now, you know, just like he says in Hosea 4, verse 6, you know, I wished these, these verses were for unbelievers. They're not. They're for church-going folk. Folk that wake up on a Sunday morning, get dressed in Sunday best to go to church. And, and these verses are for people like you and I. He said over there in Hosea 4, 6, my people. He didn't say, you know, the people outside. He didn't say the world. He said, my people. God admitted that his own kids were dying. They were perishing. His own kids were struggling. And he says, my people perish because they lack what? Knowledge. knowledge. For a lack of knowledge, God's kids were struggling. They were dying. Disconnected from the very life of God that he has already put in your spirit. This is what it says in uh, uh, Ephesians 4.18. It says we are alienated through ignorance. We are alienated from the very life of God that is in us. Separated to a point where we never experience it. It says ignorance will separate you from the thing that God has already given you for free. Just because of ignorance. Just because, you know, you don't have Bible knowledge and uh, you're not applying it. It'll, it'll cause you all kinds of problems. And so back to exhibit A, Romans 8, 6, uh, uh, Romans 8 verse 6 says, To be carnally minded or to be sense realm minded. That's what it means. When he says, you're, are you carnal? He says, you are sense realm minded. In other words, everything that you do in life is based on your five senses. If you can't prove it or figure it out, to you it doesn't exist. And so he says, when you're carnally minded, right? When you're carnally minded, he says it produces what? 
And here by death, he's not talking about ceasing to exist. He's just talking about a separation from the life of God that is in you. Everything that came into existence is a result of what Adam did in the garden. So when he says carnally, uh, to be carnally minded produces death, he's saying to be carnally minded, it will produce you know, the curse, it will produce sickness, it will produce poverty, it will produce all kinds of uh, craziness that happened, uh, uh, came into effect as a result of what Adam did in the garden. And he says all of this happens because you're just thinking wrong. Just don't fix your thinking. You don't line up your thinking with God's word. And think about people who lack self-control. You know, husband and wife. They were, they're going at it. We had a couple many years ago when we uh, still lived in an apartment building. We had a couple downstairs. I don't know if you remember, honey. They would go at it 1.30 a.m., start shouting, shouting contacts. Ah, ah, ah. I mean, some of the things they were shouting, what happened? It's an uncontrolled mind. It's a carnal mind. It's producing death. It's producing craziness. Man, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if those people were Christians going to church. They just happened to be carnal Christians. And so you know what a carnal Christian is? Is it a Christian at a caterpillar level? They have all the potential to become a butterfly, but they just still start at caterpillar level. And so the second equation we see from this is what? Spiritually minded. If you're spiritually minded, if you're spiritually minded, what will it produce? Life. Anybody wants life? Anybody wants peace? What happens when you, you start thinking in line with God's word? Man, you, want, you want life in your life? You want peace in your life? Peace is talking about shalom. He's talking about the blessing of God. You start thinking different. You start, start becoming spiritually minded. And, and let me break it down to you, for you guys. Spiritually minded is not spooky minded. <laughs> May as well say it before we leave. You know, what are you doing? I'm being spiritual. No, you're not. You're being crazy. Spiritually minded simply means word of God minded. It simply means God's estimation of everything takes precedence. When I say God's estimation, I'm talking about God's prescription in his word for everything takes precedence over the way I feel about it. Amen. You want your marriage to function? You just start being spiritually minded. Start realizing that you are not the center of attraction in this marriage. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> Can I preach up in here, up in here, up in here? Man, man, I'm telling you, when you're spiritually minded, we're talking about a marriage relationship. When you're spiritually minded in a marriage relationship, you will realize that you're not the center of attraction. And your goal in that marriage is to serve the other person. And you start serving your spouse with the fruit of the Spirit. With patience, with gentleness, with long-suffering. <laughs> It's in the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Long suffering. Now, if you are carnally minded in a marriage relationship, you will sound something like this. Who, who she thinks she's talking to? Does she know I can do better? 
I may be, I may be 40 right now, but I still got some market value. She don't know that. And then you go to work, and Sister Bettina <laughs> happens to see market value in you, and she's going to say hi, and then your carnal mindedness will, you see, you see? I still got market value. And then, if your mind is not controlled, it's going to vote. For sister who? I said, come on, man. It's just, just lunch. It's just lunch. Let's just do lunch. Let's just do lunch. I'm not going to do anything about it. Let's just do lunch. It's like bringing that ball of pop on the table and say, you're not going to eat all of it. How do you know? I tell my eldership team, I tell them, I tell them like this. I say, I say if you are a man, you're not allowed to go on a counseling session with a woman. If you are a woman, you're not allowed to go on a counseling session with a man. Some of them don't believe that rule. They don't, they, someone is always going to try and cheat the system. And I told them, I said, if you do it, to me, it's a date. You're going to come and say, you know, pastor, uh, sister Sister needed me. So I was uh, lending a, a, a shoulder <laughs> to lean on. I'm going to say, man, when you went on a date, that's what I'm going to say back to you. Say, when you went on a date with that one, what happened? What are we doing? We're trying to get you to think straight. Because to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. And so in everything, in everything, we have to submit our thinking to God's word. This is why when you come to church, we don't major in games, entertainment, religious games. Somebody screaming, you know, we're screaming at somebody, child, you know, we shout. No, we major in information because, you know, ignorance and victory are impossible roommates. If, if, mommy, you could come here, have a good time and walk out here ignorant. You're going to get defeated. I did it for years. I don't want you to get defeated. If you get information, guess what? You're going to win and start kicking life in the backside. And that's what God wants for you and I. He wants us to be informed so that we can change our thinking, get a new program running that is in line with our spirit. If the word of God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. I'm going with God's word and not with the sense realm. Why don't you stand on your feet? Deuteronomy 7.17, the children of Israel didn't know this. God had a promise for them to give them the land that flows with milk and honey. And God said to them, I've already given you this land. Just like he's saying to us, he's already given us uh, all these promises. But they said this within their hearts. Deuteronomy 7.17. And God turned around and said, if you say in your heart... These nations are more powerful than I. God asked them a question. He said, how can I dispossess them for you? Why? Because once you say it in your heart, that settles it. What are you saying in your heart? Someone shout, I'm a victor. And that's what I'll say to my heart. Amen? He says, if you say I'm a grasshopper, 
God turned around and says, you are right. And the millions and millions of people that said they were grasshoppers agreed with that sermon, did not make it to the promised land. Not on God, God had already given it to them, but on them because their hearts stopped them. What are the limiting beliefs that you have allowed to dominate your life? For some of you, you think it's your gender. I'm just a woman, therefore I won't be able to accomplish A, B, C, or D. And yet God has said, I've already given you this land and it flows with milk and honey. Some of you think it's your race. You know, I'm, I'm, I won't be able to achieve this as long as I'm this race. And, and, and you've believed a lie from the pit of hell. Some of you think it's your nationality. You know, I'm, I won't be able to achieve A, B, C, or the other as long as I'm, I'm, you know, from this nation and things of that name. Man, you've believed a lie from the pit of hell. When you come to God, there are no limits. Amen. Amen. The world has conditioned us to think in terms of limitations, but when you are translated into the kingdom of his dear son, there are no limits. Now, this is for somebody. It's time for you to line up your thoughts with God's word. Line up your thoughts for abundance with God's word. They did an experiment many years ago. They put a piranha fish in a, in a fish pond. And a piranha fish is a flesh-eating fish. If you put your hand in a pond full of piranha, by the time you pull it out, it's going to be gone. All the flesh is going to be gone. It's just going to be born. And so they put a piranha fish, an aggressive fish in a pond, and they put, he usually eats other fish. Any fish he sees, he's going to eat them. And so they put him with other fish, but they put a glass divider between him and the other fish. And every time the piranha would see the other fish, he would aggressively attack to go and eat his food. And then he would hit the, the glass limitation. He would try again and hit the glass limitation. They did that for a few days. And uh, after a few days, they removed the glass thing. And now he had access. He had been translated from no access to access. But there was something that was running in his head. It was a software of no access. And now he had access, but because he had been conditioned, he didn't even attempt to eat that food. Yet he had access to it. Before you came into the kingdom, all those things mattered. Your gender, the race nationality, things of that nature. Now that you are in the kingdom of God, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. Now that you are in the kingdom of God, there is no male or female. Now that you are in the kingdom of God, there are no limits to what you can do. Amen? And so stop living like there is a glass divide between you and the promises of God. The glass divide was removed. Jesus tore the veil and now we have access to every single promise that Jesus paid for. Can I get an amen? amen. And so I came to, to, to a daring church to dare you. To dare you to do what? To dare you to think big. Amen. It's time for us to think big. Bigger than where we are. Amen? Where are my young people at? If you're young, just wave. Just wave. Not the old young people. Old young. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. Look. That guy is waving. He's 62. He's just waving. Man, I was at a conference. I was at a conference many years ago. Um, a Bishop Gallington, you know, he came to Zimbabwe. He was preaching. And uh, he felt there was a spirit of 
uh, orphans in the building, and so you wanted to pray for all the orphans. And so he said, hey, if you are an orphan, come to the front. And the whole building went to the front. <laughs> and Bishop Tudor Bismarck had to get on stage and pull people out. He said, you, you are 64. <laughs> you are not an orphan. Leave the prayer line. Leave. Are you 58? You're still an orphan. Ah. <laughs> and he had to kick people out. Okay, we're going to try it one more time. Okay, below 25. Where are my young people at? Young people at? Young people at hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I wanna Okay, below thirty. Below thirty, all my young people. Hey, let me dare you. I didn't do this when I was your age, but I'm gonna dare you. I wanna dare you guys to think bigger. Look at what your parents have done, and many of you I know your parents, they've done really well. Look at what your parents done and use it as a floor, not a ceiling. Amen. Where your parents have gone, pray and believe for God to take you further. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Do not let anyone tell you that you can't do it. Amen. Do not let anyone tell you that in, it's inaccessible to people like you. Amen. With God, you can do it. Amen. amen. Some of you are believing God for scholarships. Anybody believe in God? We want to pray for you. Lift it up real high, Kutle. I want to see that hand. You believe in God for scholarships? Lift it up real high. We want to pray for you. I see one at the back. We want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these young people. And we are believing with them for scholarships to the best schools in the country, to the best schools in the world. Lord, we thank you for doing it for them. Lord, we thank you for your favor is on them. And that is they apply. Those applications are going surrounded by your favor. Thank you, Father. Thank you for a breakthrough even in the marketplace. For these young people, there are some uh, that are still deciding a career path to choose. Lord, we thank you for a breakthrough moment in the marketplace for these young people. These are world changers. And we thank you, Father, that they are getting on a path towards a career breakthrough like no other. Thank you, Father, that they, they will look at what their parents have done, which is a great example, and look at it as a flaw as they shoot for, this, for, the, for, the, for the stars. Thank you, Father. Thank you for doing it. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. Amen. Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I know these things. I was a youth pastor 2004 and I had a young man come to my office. His name was Tanaka. Uh, he, he's still very close to our family today. He came to my office and uh, he was in, uh, going into metric and he said, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pastor T, uh, this thing has come out at our school to go and study in Canada and, uh, you know, my parents uh, can't afford it. We're poor, but I'm believing God that, you know, God can make it happen. Uh, I said to him, we're going to pray for it. He said, but just one uh, small detail that I forgot to tell. I said, what's that? He said, my mom told me it would never happen. Wasting my time, she told me. And I said, you know what? We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. We're going to believe his favor. We prayed and we believed God, believed his favor. And he got that thing. He was one of many who had applied, the only one in the country who made it on that scholarship thing, went to Canada. No, the story doesn't end there. Went to Canada, did his two years and 
passed with flying colors, came back. He said, Pastor T, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want us to pray. I said, for what now? He said, now I want to make it to Ivy League. Amen. Now we're talking big time now. It's, it costs 50,000 US dollars. How much is that? Uh, One million per semester. And so you need about two, two bars. You need about two bars per year. I said, we're going to pray and believe God. That we prayed and we believe God for his favor. And he went and he did his part. What's your part in the natural? Your part is at least to send the qualification, the, the application. It, that's your part. your part. Our part is to pray. Your part is to send the application. Now, if we pray and you don't send the application, you didn't do your part. Yeah. That's the daring part. Amen. And so he, he went and he sent the application. They gave him the scholarship. Not just that. They said, we're going to give you a scholarship and we're going to pay you. And so they paid him for four years. And he graduated with an Ivy League uh, a degree. And man, he's flying in the marketplace. What happened? He chose to believe God and to be daring. Changed his thinking. And said, if Jesus paid for it, I'm going to go and grab a hold of it. Jesus already paid for it. It's time for you and I to grab a hold of it. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? And so it's time. Someone shout, it's time. It's time. Now it's time to do something crazy by faith. I'm not talking about sin either. Just say, man, just say, man, I'm going to do something by faith. And it's going to be crazy. And then believe God for it. I'm going to start a business by faith. I'm going to apply for a job in a different country. By faith. Different country. Random country. I'm going to go there and we're going to, Jesus, you lead, I follow. We can figure it out. How many of you believe you can figure it out with Jesus? do something crazy with your faith. I was talking to Ashley Terrades two days ago, 15 years ago. They left England with 15 suitcases. They said, we're going to move to America. They didn't know where to start. They moved to America. And they, ooh, three kids later. They said, hey, I don't, don't try this at home. I'm just saying it's their testimony. They got there. They said, oh, we're going to figure it out. Boom, 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 boom. Jesus started leading. They followed and boom. I had another friend yesterday, Craig's me. It's their eighth anniversary. Craig, Craig's me came to me. He said, man, how do I go? And I, I, you know, I said, man, you just go. You go by faith. He believed my words. And he said, Tavaro, we're living next week. I said, you was playing. I said, hey, Craig, I was playing. He had three kids. Craig just celebrated eight years of, of, of starting something new and moving to, man, some of you just need to get your faith to work a little bit. Start a business. Do some. Now, we all don't have to leave, but, you know, do some. I'm still here. I need y'all here. I need to change my sermons. Everybody been leaving. Man, I'm saying, I'm just saying, do some. Start a business. Amen. Buy a house, somebody. Oh, I thought I was going to get an amen. Buy a house, somebody. Yeah. Watch this now. Watch this. I hope the amens don't die. Pay it off in record time, somebody. Yeah. I don't take 30 years. 30 years paying off one thing. What kind of faith is that's not faith? Man, we're going to try in two years. If we don't, we add one, six more months. And then when it's done, guess who we're going to give the glory to? You paid off over 30 years. That was just you. Amen. Yeah, amen. Man, I'm telling you, this is awesome. Amen. And it's time for us to step out. 
change our thinking. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who